Welcome to Songs of the Weird. I'm Bobby Waller. Each episode, I get together with musicians, comedians, or otherwise enlightened beings to eviscerate, investigate, elucidate, and celebrate music that is decidedly off the beaten path. With me here today, a perennial presence on Songs of the Weird, my childhood chum and bassist for New York's Catterwall of Sound, Mr. Alan Partlow. How's it going there, Alan? Hey, good, Bobby. How's it going with you? I am doing well. I am doing very well because the other person here with us is Lizzie Lee Savage of Panther and Bear Fight. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Alan. <laughs> Hi, <Lizzie. laughs> How are you guys? <laughs> awesome. I'm so glad you could come on. Oh, yeah, totally. And uh, Lizzie, you picked the topic for today, which I'm super duper excited about. Will you tell the fine folks at home what that topic is? Yes. So um, our topic today is murder ballads, and that is all forms of murder. That could be stabbing, killing, maiming. <laughs> we uh, don't discriminate. <laughs> all the hate kind of murder. As long as somebody died, it's all good. Yes, someone has to die or the implication of a death needs to be in the song. At least so. the implication, yeah. Uh, and Lizzie, your band has given you the perfect credential for this episode. Would you tell us about your band? Yes, I would love to. So we're called Panther and Bear Fight. And we are stationed in Northern California in the fine and glorious foothills of Nevada County. And we should say, for those at home who want to look up Panther and Bear Fight, it's Panther <laughs> exclamation mark and <Yeah>. Bear Fight. <laughs> what, 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 what kind of music do you do? We, we actually specialize in murder ballads and songs of the Wild West. And um, we like to call ourselves um, 1880s hair metal. So, <laughs> nice. and we all have matching panther tattoos, also. Which, Ooh, what? Where is it? Where is it? So it's oh my like gosh! A, so it's right more here. like a cult. It's it's, it's a more like culty. a cult, <laughs> and they have all it's legally okay. changed okay. their last name to Panther exclamation mark. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds like my kind of band. And murder ballads are my kind of song, so let's get this started. Alan, in the planning for this episode, you came up with what I thought was a pretty good idea. Uh, you suggested that before you, Lizzie, and I uh, go over our selections, we define what a murder ballad is. So let's do that. Murder ballads have been defined in a very wide variety of ways, uh, some pretty restrictive and others a little more loosey-goosey. Full disclosure, we lean toward the latter. According to some, a murder ballad must either be or be traceable to the murder-oriented story songs of English-speaking Europe that date back to at least the 16th century. Songs like The Bloody Miller, a.k.a. Hanged I Shall Be, all the judges and the jurymen, all on me they did agree. For the murdering of this pretty fine maid, oh, hanged I shall be. Here performed by the Albion Country Band, The Bloody Miller is a real-life account of a murder that occurred in England in 1683 at Hogstow Mill. According to the song, the killer took his love interest out for a country walk where, for no stated reason, he beat her to death with a stick. It morphed eventually into the Appalachian ballad, The Knoxville Girl, here performed by the Leuven Brothers. 
According to some, these Appalachian ballads constitute the epitome of murder balladry. But according to others, focusing solely on the white musical descendants of English-speaking Europe, misses the mark. After all, there were other people who were singing about murder. Take, for example, the traditional African-American song, Stackily, here performed by Mississippi John Hurt. Boom, 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 when a 44, but when a spy, with the line, is lying down on the floor, that bad man. It's the real-life story of a dispute between two gambling men that turned lethal in St. Louis, Missouri in 1895. And it morphed into this number one U.S. R&B hit for Lloyd Price in 1958. Another not at all folky, not at all traditional song that frequently makes lists of murder ballads is this one. Get someone sneaking round the corner Could that someone be Mac the Knife? This is Italian-American crooner Bobby Darren's cool swinging adaptation of Mac the Knife, a song about a career criminal with a penchant for stabbing people from Kurt Weill and Bertolt Brecht's German avant-garde play, The Three Penny Opera. So, as you can hear, murder ballads can come from all sorts of places and embrace many musical genres, and that is the spirit in which we, Lizzie, Alan, and Bobby, made our admittedly loosey-goosey choices. So, Lizzie, in in the coin toss before the show, uh, I was determined, or won or lost, I don't know, but it was determined that you'll be first. What is the first song you've brought to the table for us? Okay, so the first song, it's been one of my favorite songs for many years, and we're going to listen to the version by my favorite band in the whole wide world. They are a local Sacramento band. They are called Whiskey and Stitches, and they're playing House Carpenter. Well met, well met, my own true love. Well met, well met, cried she. And just returned from the south, south sea, and it's all for the love of thee. Okay, so lyrically, there is a lady of possible ill repute and she has (laughs) she's been with this dude he is the house carpenter the title figure is who she's been with right yes 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 so she has a couple of babies and then all of a sudden this super hottie appears and he's like (laughs) Girl, you're coming with me. Ditch this boring old construction worker guy, because look what you got.
she's like, okay, here we go. So they go on a boat voyage and <laughs> he thinks they are in fact sailing toward the hills of heaven. What are those hills up yonder, my love? They look as white as snow. Those are the hills of heaven, my love, where you and I'll never know. But he corrects her by replying, no, no, we're heading to the Hellfire Hills, baby. Those are the hills of Hellfire, my love, where you and I will A lot of these older murder ballads, they have so many different versions. And I was listening to the Doc Watson version and reading the lyrics, and I got a kind of a different read from it. Like there's this sailor who comes back from sea and he says to this woman, I could have married this king's daughter and had all these riches, but I came back for thee. Right. And she says, um, How flattering. I will leave my and children she, and husband for you. Well, but she says, she says, come in, come in, my old true love. Come in, she said to him. Oh, an old been, true love. Mm. For it's been three-fourths of a long, long year since together we have been. So within mm. nine months, she's married this house carpenter. That, and has, has three other babies? Has so? at least one child. Right. Um, oh, so that, I, the story I'm putting together is she was with this sailor dude, got pregnant, was like, oh crap! The sailor dude's gone. I better marry somebody very yeah. quickly, quick. Get married. But, yeah, yes. <laughs> and so Before he's like, hey, find out. <laughs> he's like, hey, come back and you know where the grasses are greener with me. And she's like, sure. And they oh, hop on two horses, go off to sea, and then uh, they're killed. Damn folk songs. There's so and many some, versions for to rise no more. Yeah, in some versions, it's definitely a murder suicide because in an that older too, version yeah. from like 1698 or something like that, he like breaks the ship in half with his powers and then they drown together. Wow. Well, I think that's why I love the Whiskey and Stitches version is because not only is it extremely poetic lyrically, mm -hmm. it's very fantastical and also instrumentally, it's so beautiful and there, it's just like a revolving world of like who's gonna solo next. It's a twisted rock odyssey. It's insane. Live, <laughs> it is crazy. It's the awesomest thing in the world. And I guess it's, it's over. It's psychedelic. Yeah. Yes. All right. Wow. That is awesome. Well, Lizzie, thank you for putting a spotlight on uh, some local talent here. Appreciate that very much. Coming up next, my first selection is Country Death Song by Violent Femme. I had me a wife. I had me some daughters. I tried so hard. I never knew still waters. Nothing to Nothing to drink Nothing for a man to do But sit around and think 
nothing for a man to do but sit around and the narrator of Country Death Song is a husband and father of multiple daughters who obsesses over his impoverished condition, loses his mind, and makes a very bad decision. It was at that time, I swear I lost my mind. Started making plans to kill my own kind. In the second verse, he entices his youngest child to join him for what he frames as quality father-daughter time. Come, little daughter, I said to the youngest one, put your coat on, we'll have some fun. We'll go out to the mountains, the one to explore. Face it up, I'm standing by the door. But in the worst daddy-daughter day ever, he leads her to the edge of a deep, dark well, tells her to close her eyes and count to seven, and lethally pushes her in. I gave her a push, I gave her a shove. I pushed with all my might, I pushed with all my love. I threw my child to a bottomless Reflecting the twisted workings of his turbulent mind, we hear one of the most incredible discordant solos in acoustic history. In the denouement, the narrator presages his own descent into a deep, dark pit, namely the pit of hell, and warns us to brace ourselves for the real clincher, which is that he is going to hang himself. I'm going out to the barn with a never-stopping pain. I'm going out to the barn to hang myself in shit. Oh. <laughs> the murder-suicide. Classic. You know, I'm glad we're tackling this song fairly early in the show because it, it raises an issue that I think ought to be addressed. Um, and this is kind of a variation of an issue that comes up on this show, which is, am I allowed to like this? <laughs> A lot of the songs. Like, no, you're cool. a bad person for liking it. Well, uh, you know, sonically, I have zero problem with it. The moment I heard it, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. This hokey punk energy given to this country baseline. And like, ah, oh, mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. But like listening to the lyrics, this can be read as grotesquely misogynistic. <laughs> well, you know, as far as songs, popular music, it's not that problematic. I mean, there's much more like problematic music that you listen to that the artist themselves might be a monster 
in real life <laughs> and it's like well do i not like a song because it's a fictional murder or do i not like a song because the person who wrote it is an actual murderer sure. i actually i think that's an interesting issue i always have like i don't really think too much about the artists themselves yeah. but like when i think about someone like michael jackson who actually is a total monster like See, I, I didn't want to name names but yeah that's, oh, that's sorry. The, that was I, the I elephant cannot, in the room yeah. any any kind of song that comes on from him like it might be the cutest song in the world i literally have to turn it off no i hear what you're saying but I still think the country death song is potentially problematic. Uh, l l let me frame it this way. Uh, so I've spent a lot of my time as a musician playing in tourist areas, not in big rock clubs where, you know, moral decadence is applauded, but mostly mm. in like smaller places with middle-aged clientele with pretty mainstream interests in music. And I guess one of my litmus tests for whether or not a song gets a clean moral bill of health is, uh, would that audience be able to enjoy it? Yeah. I and think the answer would. is I've done it a few times, but only a few times because I regretted it. <laughs> well, because, really? Were people like really offended or? Oh yeah. I had somebody come up to me during a break and tell me it was inappropriate. One person, right? It was one person, right? One person was brave enough to voice their concerns, yes, but there was a whole lot of dirty looks in that room suggesting that that one person was not alone in uh, being uncomfortable with a song about a dad who kills his own child. Which okay, well, I, I was Are you talking about this song specifically? Like yes, you DJed it or your band played it? I've played it as a solo guy uh because i love this song don't get me wrong i'm just saying that murder ballads can stir up some sticky moral issues that's that that's I've surprising to me like as someone like who listens to murder ballads i mean it's not like my favorite genre but it's <laughs> just part of the musical tradition and it's yeah. well that's another way to look at it yeah. and, 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 and songwriting is like fiction writing people true. read silence of the lambs people read stephen be king offend, be offended by the violent femmes so uh, this may not be a revelation, but I'm coming to the conclusion that we here who have decided to do a whole show on murder ballads are okay with murder ballads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not right. murder itself. Not murder not itself, the act, but not murder the ballads. Act of murder, we but... get that it's a story. We get that you can but totally- celebrating murder and song is cool. <laughs> celebrate. It's, well, that's it. History. I question what we celebrate. That's all. But it's ultimately not going to stop me from celebrating. It's I part of our it. culture, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Murder can be fun. Murder can be fun. Remember <laughs> that sounds like a great segue to Alan's first selection <laughs> for this episode, which is... Oh, my first song is uh, by the Boomtown Rats, I Don't Like Mondays. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Tell me why I don't like so this song is a song I remember from, I guess, middle school, junior high, that like all the DJs would play on Monday mornings. It's like, oh, I don't like Mondays. He was like a, oh, and like kind of like a wacky, like, wow, yeah, Mondays suck. But turns out it's a song about an actual mass school shooting, which took place in 1979. 
in San Diego at Grover Cleveland Elementary School. Mm -hmm. Dang. And uh, she was a 16-year-old girl named Brenda Spencer who lived across the street with her alcoholic and abusive dad. Such a tragic story. For her birthday, she wanted a radio, but her dad bought her like a, a Luger pistol. and like 500 rounds of ammunition. What oh my hell? gosh. Yeah, yeah. What kind of dad and, she's, is that? and she said later, she's like, I think he just wanted me to kill myself. You know, like, it was really tragic. So she opened fire on this elementary school across the street, wound up killing the principal and a custodian, injured like eight students and a police officer. And, and then she like holed herself up in her house and some local reporter just started calling the phone numbers in that local area just randomly to see if they could contact her. And so this reporter actually contacted her over the phone and asked her like why she did it. And her response was, I don't like Mondays. I don't like Mondays. Whoa. <laughs> I don't Dang. Then, like, and yeah. said something about, it spiced the day. I can't remember exactly. She says, yeah, she said, I don't like Mondays. Day up a little. Th this livens up the day. This livens oh up the Lord. day. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a, wow. That's like an yeah. epic quote. But, and Bob Geldof <laughs> did say that he actually got a letter from Brenda Spencer at some point thanking him for writing the song because it made he her made famous. Me famous. Yeah, and so he like later regrets doing ever it. having doing it. Yeah. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. I want to shoot. I, I just wanted to mention that I've noticed a lot of murders in murder ballads are just unexplainable. They're just random acts of violence for no reason. Or, uh, or they're, they're either about that or about like a jealous rage. Yeah. Speaking of jealousy as a common theme in these songs, next up, a tale of jealousy brought to us by Lizzie. Lizzie, what have you got for us? So my second choice is Cold Dark Night by Charlie Feathers. All cold dark night so I guess he's out in public girlfriends at the next table drinking and dancing with a it must have been the liquor that made me want to kill. Must have been the liquor that made me want to kill. I tapped him on the shoulder, called him outside. There in the snow, that's where he died. Not a lot of detail about the murder itself. Bought me a ticket, I called me a train. I didn't stay around, I didn't want to hang. So he's evading capture. Way down in Dallas, posse stopped the train. Then I heard the sheriff calling my name. I love those 
stretchy word. Oh, oh I love so it. So sexy. Just for a while. Soon I'll be walking my last mile. Judge told me, boy, you're gonna swing. You won't be around when I spring oh what a shame ah. <laughs> so there's that thought again that we heard in uh the country death song you want right. to hear something to really break your heart i'm suffering <laughs> like you is that to judge saying the that, killer that his inner voice yeah saying, no i don't know I the judge is way. saying yeah. you're not gonna see the springtime pal right you're gonna right you're gonna swing and then he's like oh what a shame <laughs> yeah, oh, like, like the judge the judge like may have said it sarcastically yeah, what a shame <laughs> like, you're what gonna, a shame son yeah we're gonna hang sucks to be shame. you <laughs> sucks to be you yeah <laughs> He's just such an incredible vocalist. I mean, he's so strong with that. It's I am vocal with the stretchy, I, groany swamp rock feel. Oh, I love so it. So sexy. I'm so glad you picked it because the name of this show is Songs of the Weird. And weird could mean weird lyrics, weird backstory. Uh, but I'm always hoping that listeners do get to hear uh, songs that are sonically idiosyncratic as that Alan plenty said. weird yeah and it's, it is it's kind of in a cool way i love it those oh, yeah, yeah. stretched out syllables and the kind of crying kind of sound about it is so cool i love it all right uh next up is me i think hey go you bob. hey go bob and the next song I've selected is admittedly different in tone. Uh, it's a comic song called I Didn't Know the Gun Was Loaded by Patsy Montana. Oh, Miss Effie was her name. Through the West she won her fame. Being handy with the gun. But she drove the men insane. Cause she'd whip out her pistol and shoot most any guy. And sing out this alibi. I didn't know the gun was loaded. And I'm so sorry, my friend. I didn't know the gun was loaded. And I'll never, never do it again. So that's the first verse. It introduces us to our protagonist, a pistol packing mama named Miss Effie, who goes around shooting men and then claiming she didn't know the gun was loaded. In the second verse, an unwitting wrestler tries to put the moves on her. Now one night she had a date with a wrestling heavyweight, and he tried her brand new hole she did not appreciate. So she whipped out her pistol and shot him in the knee. Then quickly she sang this plea, I didn't know the gun was loaded. And I'll interrupt the chorus there because you're probably getting the idea. Uh, whenever she shoots somebody, she uses the same excuse that she didn't know the gun was loaded. Uh, the same is true in the second to last verse when she shoots the sheriff. But one night she made a slip, shot the sheriff in the hip. Then the law, it took a hand and made Effie take the stand. And I'll bet you can guess what she says when she does take the stand. But now flash forward to the last verse for a fun little twist. Yes, the jury all agreed that Miss Effie should be free. But the sheriff's jealous wife was indignant, yes, indeed. So she borrowed a pistol 
and shot this village bell and sang as Miss Effie fell. I didn't know the gun was loaded, and I'm so sorry, my friend. I didn't know the gun was loaded, and I'll never, never do it again. Uh-oh, I didn't know it was loaded. <laughs> I'm just oh a girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just a girl. I'm sorry, I'm just a girl. I, I just realized I've heard it song a bunch of times. Nobody actually dies in that. What? Oh shit! You're right. Ah. Maybe later of complications Whoa. or gangrene. <laughs> later of complications. But you know what? Shoot someone in the knee, then in the hip. It's an attempted That's murder you. ballad. Attempted murder ballad. Totally different genre. It's an, I gotta check episode. it out. That is so specifically hilarious. By the way, little known fact that it's Hannah Montana's mom. <laughs> is it? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't, since Hannah Montana's a fictional character. That not, I, you know, when you said Hannah Montana, you know whose face came into my head? Joe Montana's? <laughs> Joe Montana. Billy Ray Cyrus? <laughs> yeah, his daughter, Miley. I instantly translated Hannah Montana into Miley Cyrus in my head, which I'm sure she would hate right. that because she spent the last 10 years of her life trying to not be Hannah Montana, but still, right. yeah. yeah. Um, Never deny your roots. Good advice. I honestly did not realize that there's no body count in this. I didn't it's, either. It's okay. Right? It's, it's implied. All right. They probably died of sepsis. <laughs> Yeah, this was before penicillin. I guess because I'm an American, I assumed people died. <laughs> well, there's but, always gunplay. In uh, always yeah. the optimist, Bob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just love this song. All yeah, right. Super adorable. Uh, as much as I love it, I am now disqualifying it. <laughs> and we're going to move right along. Next up, it's you, Alan. It's all you. What's your second selection? Well, I chose this song from uh, Sufian Stevens from his amazing album, Come On, Feel the Illinois. I love that album. John Wayne Gacy Jr. His father was a drinker And his mother cried in bed Folding John Wayne's t-shirts When the swing set hit his head for listeners who may not know, John Wayne Gacy is one of history's most notorious serial killers. He hailed from the Chicago area where he appeared to be an upstanding citizen in a lot of ways. He had been a JC and a precinct captain for the Democratic Party and had even performed as a clown named Pogo for community events. But beneath that seemingly banal facade was a sexual predator who is known to have killed at least 33 young men and boys, hiding most of their corpses in the crawl space of his suburban ranch-style home. Oh my God. I'm going to have to just, when I go to sleep, you know, lay down and block that song out because uh, it's really haunting. Here's what, I, here's what I find really fascinating about this song. First of all, just the auditory experience of it. It's very like intimate. I feel like someone's like whispering in your ear, right? Mm -hmm. And he portrays him in, in a gentle way. Like It's sympathetic at the very right. least. 
Like, yeah, like I mean, the way he uses language, like he, he dressed up like a clown for them. He dressed up like a clown for them with his face paint white and red. And on his best behavior in a dark room on the bed, he kissed them. On his best behavior in a dark room on the bed, he kissed them all. It sounds like it was very gentle, right? He Gentle, took off all creepy. their he took off all their clothes for them. He took off all their clothes for them. He put a cloth on their lips, quiet hands, quiet kiss on the moon. Oh my god. It's it's really and, and then like you're wondering like who's this narrator? Because the last line he kind of puts himself into the story and asks the question. Yeah. In my best behavior, I am really just like him. Look beneath the floorboards for the secrets I have hid. And on my best behavior, am I really just like him? Look beneath the floorboards for the secrets I have hid. Is that like a metaphorical, like every, everyone has secrets, secrets of some kind? Or, uh, that's you how bury I took deep. it. It's really interesting how sympathetic this song is. It's showing this tender side of all this creepiness throughout right. the song and ends by saying, you know, I don't know that I'm all that different. Right. I just have a... <sighs> It's but there were also like lines control. that really like take you out of that sympathy for him. Like the line, 27 people, even more, there were boys with their cars, summer jobs. Like it humanizes oh my God. the victims yeah. better. Mm-hmm. And then the last line of that stanza is, are you one of them? So like, that's, that's why I was wondering like who this song is addressed to. Like who, like, who is he? Maybe the people that he didn't me. actually murder or people that have just been victimized by other people. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So maybe the person he's singing to us, he's saying, have I victimized you that way? Have I, you know, have oh. I victimized you? Oh, interesting. I've not, yeah. I've not thought of that I, angle. I don't think Supian Stevens is confessing to us that he's a mass murderer. But I think he's no, saying, not I, in a literal sense. No, yeah. but I think he's saying I've done cruel things and I've hurt people. Right. And you might be one of the people I hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And okay. I think it's a perfect I think it's a perfect time to to plug my band Caterwall of Sound because we, <laughs> we we do have a song. I just realized about a serial killer called John List. John List. John List was a guy who lived in New Jersey and he was like a normal nerdy like insurance salesman or something. He murdered his entire family, disappeared and like was caught like 20 years later with a completely new family under an assumed oh. name and nobody knew oh. like anything. Jesus, that's insane. <laughs> John List, the analyst, him up, shot him down, then he got his ass out of town, killed his family, killed him too. John 
Nice. We are really running the full emotional gamut on the show here today. Uh, thank you for the bonus song, Alan. Coming up next, our final round. And Lizzie, upon my begging and pleading, you were kind enough to offer up one of your band's songs as uh, your final selection. Okay, so the last selection is entitled De Wonderlijke Dag. What? It's a Dutch song, and the English translation is This Wondrous Day. Hmm. That sounds like the opposite of a murder ballad. (laughs) Let's give it a listen. Okay, first off, any song with accordion and singing saw wins my heart out of the gates. That's just incredible. Yeah, that that was that is just an amazing song to play. But what's wacky and very coincidental is that there's three people in the band that speak Dutch, which is a wacky language. To have three people out of six, no. And a weird coincidence, I would guess, in Nevada City. I don't know. Is it a large <laughs> Dutch yeah. population? I mean, in New, how- here in New York, like every third person is Dutch. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, of there's course. a lot of New yeah, Amsterdam. Yeah. And well, I- one of them I'm actually married to, which is, of course, the Vinyl Avenger. And that's Isadora Goldschneider, who was singing the verses. And then I did the spoken word chunk. Oh, oh the, um, yeah, I like that. Let's listen to that chunk. I can't believe it. Thought it'd be fun for the audience to hear a little bit of English. In wow! Dutch. So, so what is this song about? I, I, I always think of like the murder ballad as a very traditional American song, but I'm guessing every culture has their oh, version of, of a I, murder ballad. I think ballad, absolutely. Right? I'll just read you a quick translation, and I, I believe that like the murder is a little bit more implied in this song. It doesn't actually talk about blood, guts, or clowns. So. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's but it, it but, but I certainly I, not American. It's more suggestive than the song I picked that only has knee injuries in it. Yes, I I, I hope so. <laughs> and and hip injuries. It's like my daily <laughs> life, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the translation from the forty-five is: I'm quite amused to hear you don't love me no more. I'm cut to the quick. Grab me a whore. Kiss her quick. I'll walk the street and see who I chance to meet. I'm quite perturbed to find myself this undisturbed. This wondrous day gleams like a gun. Mm. Perfect hour has just begun. Oh, this. That's dark. Uh, uh, it's, uh, if it's implied, it's strongly implied. It's, yeah. going, it's going somewhere not good. Yeah. Yes. 
I enjoyed that. That was nice. That is my kind of music. Anyway, so that's the Wunderlickadach. Well, that's cool. I know. I love it. Thank you so much for uh, letting us play that song on this show. Oh my god, my pleasure. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes, yes. Uh, next up is me. All right, I'm gonna have to just come out and confess that this is another one where the murder is implicit, but I. Oh yeah. I think it's there. This is Frank's Wild Years by Tom Waits. Swinging. Oh, yeah. Smoky Club. So loungy. Very loungy. I love it. Frank settled down out in the valley. And he hung his wild ears on a nail that he drove through his wife's forehead. Right there, confession. Wow. Sold used office furniture out there on San Fernando Road and assumed a $30,000 loan at 15 and a quarter percent. Put a down payment on a little two-bedroom place. His wife was a spent piece of used jet trash, made good Bloody Marys, kept her mouth most of the time, had a little chihuahua named Carlos that had some kind of skin disease and was totally blind. <clears throat> they had a thoroughly modern kitchen, self-cleaning oven, the whole bit. Frank drove a little sedan. They were so happy. <laughs> they sound happy. One night, Frank was on his way home from work. He stopped at the liquor store. Picked up a couple of Mickey's Big Mouths. Love them. Drank them in the car on way to the Shell station. Got a gallon of gas in a can. Drove home, doused everything in the house, torched it. <clears throat> Parked across the street laughing, watching it burn. All Halloween orange and chimney red. And Frank put on a top 40 station. Got on the Hollywood freeway and headed north. Never could stand that dog. <laughs> a great punchline, uh, but as with, I didn't know the gun was loaded. I just always assumed that there was death involved in this. And oh, there definitely is. At least Carlos, the Chihuahua, who had some kind of I skin think so, disease but, uh, and was totally even blind, that, is even, now dead. Even that. Thank not, God for the dog, because it was... doesn't say the dog died. It he, just well, says true. Yeah, it, he he left, and he never could stand that dog. But I do think, I mean, in my imagination, that dog got fried. This song actually reminds me of I Don't Like Mondays in a weird way because it's just about casual murder for no real reason other than just, just like out of boredom or yeah, I, don't like Mon- I don't like Mondays. I never I never could stand that dog. You know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> there's no there doesn't seem to be any real reason for it. No. And the, that's the funny part. That's what makes it OK to like it. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I wonder if that lack of reason is part of why we love murder ballads so much. You know what I mean? It's like there's so many people in the world like me who are basically pretty pacifist and yet are fascinated by murder ballads. And I think that might be at least partially because there's this otherness to the murderer. The murderer is so not me that I I, I want to understand that. It creates cognitive dissonance. I think we're we're fascinated with the mystery of course of yeah. murder. There's an entertainment value. Why do you think serial killer serials on Netflix and whatever are like some of the most viewed shows? People are fascinated oh, by people love like to imagine mayhem and insanity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and a lot of them revolve around let's get into that killer's head. Psychology. Yes. Psychology. Let's figure that out because it is mysterious to right. us. And I think we feel like yes. if we, if we look a little closer, maybe we'll figure this out. 
because on on our best behavior are we really just like him i mean it's like that whole oh nice callback we we all that inside of us you know i think that's in there too like hidden away yeah i think the paradox of the murderer is that on the one hand the murderer is the antithesis of me while on the other hand i can really clearly see myself in the murderer so I guess, I guess what I'm saying is murders have got it all going on. That is our home stretch theme. We've got one more song to consider, and that was chosen by you, Alan. What have you got for us? It's called To Keep My Love Alive. I married many men, a ton of them. Because I was untrue to none of them Because I bumped off every one of them To keep my love alive This particular version that I really love is Ella Fitzgerald, who's amazing. And it's one of my top five songwriters of all time, Lorenzo Hart. This was the last song that he wrote before he died in 1943. And it's just this song of joyous murder. So in each verse, our protagonist is married to a different nobleman with the title Sir. And in each verse, she kills him in a different way. And if you don't mind, I'd like to spotlight this verse is coming right up because it's my favorite. It's the one about Sir Philip. Sir Philip played the harp. I cussed the thing. I crowned him with his harp to bust the thing. And now he plays where harps are just the thing to keep my love alive. To keep my love alive. So she smashes a harp over Sir Philip's head, uh, poisons Sir Charles, stabs Sir Atherton, and kills Sir Paul by appendectomy, just to name a few. It probably has the highest body count of any of the songs that we've talked about tonight. Like Lorenzo Hart was like dark. A lot of his love songs are super like dark and cynical, but he saves them with humor and wordplay. Oh yeah, you you just gotta love that. You know how earlier I was talking about, oh gosh, am I allowed to like this? Um, but for some reason, as soon as humor is part of the equation, I'm like, of course it's okay to like songs about killing people with cyanide and arsenic. And of course right, that's yeah. okay because it's funny. So I guess my biggest takeaway from this episode is the thing that you said at the very top of the show, Lizzie, which is murder can be fun. Murder can be fun. To keep my love Hey, I am personally really hoping that we do more murder ballad episodes. I had a ton of fun with this one. I had so much fun too. Yeah, thank you so much, Lizzie, for being part of this. Thank you, Alan, for always being here and for sharing Catterwall of Sounds Ballad of John List. It was also a huge pleasure to hear Panther and Bear fights, the Wunderlikadak. I am really happy about that. <laughs> uh, good, cool, cool. Because I have one more favor to ask of Panther and Bear fight, and that is, could we use one of your murder ballads as a send-off song for this episode? And absolutely, you get to pick. What would you like to be that? Well, I believe that we should use Everglades. I love it. 
You've been listening to Songs of the Weird. Stream and download wherever fine podcasts are available. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. It really helps. If you or somebody you know are a musician or comedian who would like to be on the show, please let us know. I'm Bobby Waller reminding you to keep it weird. This is Panther and Bear Fight covering Dale Hawkins' The Everglades. Well, I killed my love in a jealous rage. Then I broke out of prison.